You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com. You're listening to No Huddle Radio on the Packers Talk Radio Network, your home for in-depth and thoughtful Packers analysis. I'm joined by my friend Gil Martin. He's a writer for the SportsDaily.com and Cheesehead TV. And I'm your host, JJ Leahy. We're here to talk Packers because you're all here for one thing, and that's a love for Green Bay football. Uh, try the text. That's a new thing we're offering uh, at 231-714-4195. You can text questions to us for the show uh, if we think that it's something that uh, would be really interesting to discuss on the show. That's uh, something we'll, we'll incorporate, uh, or, but you'll, you'll at least get an answer back from us. We'll try and uh, do our best to get accurate information out to you. Gil, I'm excited. And also I, I'm sad for you because you only got to hold the lead in our score prediction game for 10 weeks, a measly 10 weeks, a measly in a row. 10, huh? <laughs> Before I finally surpassed you, um, I, I lead the series by eight points now. Okay. After betting the under on a game where I think it was still zero to three at the beginning of the fourth quarter. <laughs> Defense. Defense. <laughs> My Seattle prediction, I, I predict, we both predicted a Green Bay win. Yes. I said 21-17. You said 27-21. Neither of those seemed like uh, really overly high projections but then we weren't counting on the seahawks not showing up at all and i i I cracked up that uh pete carroll is blaming the refs for the loss yeah yeah and i'm saying buddy i think uh whatever uh, minimal impact the refs may have had on the game it cannot hold a candle to your offense putting up zero points (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, look, are there some calls that could have gone another way that I could see Pete Carroll not being happy with? Yeah. Is Pete Carroll a bit of a whiner? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, (laughs) uh, you know, look, unfortunately, he's not taking responsibility for his team's poor offensive performance. All right. Opening arguments for Packers versus Vikings. Mr. Gil Martin Will you please come to the stand and make your case for why the Green Bay Packers will win this game? Uh, yeah, I, I think the Packers can run the football on the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are near the bottom of the league in run defense as far as average yards allowed per game. And I think when it comes to these two teams, while the Vikings are not uh, as bad as their record indicates, they always seem to find a way to lose football games, close football games, whether it's missing field goals or untimely penalties that take away big plays or allowing a big play at the wrong time where the Packers all year have been finding ways to win football games that are close. I think about the game in Cincinnati. I think about the game in Arizona. So to me, the Packers know how to win. The Vikings are still learning how to win and Green Bay should find a way to win this football game. And to make the case for the Minnesota Vikings, Listen, folks, the Vikings are catching the Packers at maybe a vulnerable time. The Packers are missing a lot of players uh, to injury, which is nothing new for the whole season. But, you know, 
the offense has been trending in a, a bit of a concerning direction. Uh, they were only able to put up uh, three points through the first three quarters of the game against the Seahawks. And while you have a lot of confidence in this defense, you know, they just lost Whitney Merciless, who, whether you knew it or not, was playing really good football for the Packers. Uh, one of their best pass rushers Rashawn Gary may not be able to play now. And you lost, uh, you know, your all pro running back Aaron Jones for a few weeks when the offense was already a bit problematic. The Vikings, on the other hand, have been trending in the right direction. They have gotten a lot healthier recently. They just won a uh, pretty tough game against the L.A. Chargers. And this is the only team in the NFC North that has beaten the Packers in the Matt LaFleur era so far. And that was the most recent time these two teams played. So I would just say there's a lot of momentum uh, favoring the Vikings in this game. And if you think the Packers are going to win it, that really has to come from a confidence in the DNA of the Packers and their mentality of just hanging in there and being tough and finding a way to win when the odds are stacked against you. Certainly something that they can do, but also uh, I think uh, a lot of your outsiders who uh, maybe don't have that same respect for the Packers mentality and their DNA really would give benefit of the doubt to the Minnesota Vikings. They may possibly not have a kicker this week. That's that's the uh, interesting situation. Greg Joseph missed a practice. Not sure if he's going to be ready to play, but they don't have a practice squad kicker. They'd have to bring in somebody off the street or just not kick field goals. Uh, Personally, I'd prefer if they just don't kick any field goals because uh, <laughs> I, I like our odds in that in that situation. I have to tell you, out of the remaining games, I'm going to rephrase that. Out of the remaining teams on our schedule, I'm much more concerned about the Vikings than I am the Rams. A part of that is that we do play the Vikings twice. They have two bites of the apple. But, you know, they're the only, only NFC North team that um, has beaten us in the Matt LaFleur era. They just did it one time last year. But also, you know, looking at the Vikings, is how their season is shaping off, shaping up. I think they're a little bit of an underrated team. They play a lot of close games, um, you know, ha have quite a few heartbreaking losses. Yep. And looking at how they're playing defense and the offensive woes that the Packers have been facing, I'm not sure this is a really great matchup uh, for for the Packers, particularly when you look at how much the Vikings are already use, utilizing two high safety sets. And I was talking to a Vikings blogger who thinks that with uh, Harrison Smith coming back, the Vikings might be looking for some more three safety looks, interestingly, because Cam Bynum, their fourth round rookie safety, really just balled out while Smith was out. Yep. And so the uh, the prevailing thought among Vikings fans uh, is that the Vikings are not going to want to take Cam Bynum off the field now that Smith is back. So a three safety look might be a bit of an issue potentially um, for the Packers. And, and I just I just wonder because the offense has clearly hit a lull. 
I, I just wonder if they are really up to the task. You look at uh, the points that the Packers offense have put up this year. So you had three points in week one, obviously an anomaly, uh, a comfortable 35 points on the lions, 30 on the 49ers. Since then, it's been going down every week. Um, 27 against the Steelers, 25 against the Bengals in overtime, 24 against the Bears, 24 against Washington, 24 against Arizona. Then you got that weird fluky game with Jordan Love at quarterback. Can't really count it very much. But the, the following bounce back week you have against Seattle, just 17 points. The offense is not trending in the right direction. We also have a bunch of guys who are um, missing practice, including Aaron Rodgers, who has not actually had a uh, a regular full regular practice in, this month, not since November 1st. Right. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, obviously, we all have a lot of confidence in the defense right now. We all know that at any second, special teams could give up a uh, – <laughs> a, t- a touchdown or cough up the ball or whatever. Yeah. But the, the offense trending in the direction it is, has me concerned. I, I can understand that. And when you add to the picture that Aaron Jones is going to miss the next game or two. Uh, and then I, I guess you, you also have to consider this. Aaron Rodgers missed a game. Devonte Adams, Missed time, MVS missed time, Alan Lazard missed a game. Uh, the offensive line has never had their top five starters together in. And prob- probably won't either for a while. Yeah. So there are reasons for all of this. Uh, I'm concerned, but not panicked. How's that for uh, a way to describe it? Sure. I'd say that's where I am as well. Uh some some bad news on the on the David Bakhtiari front, you know. So Matt Lafleur had for a while been, you know, kind of kind of playing word games that you know Bakhtiari might play against the Chiefs, he might play against the Seahawks. Adam Stenovich kind of let it slip that, <laughs> that Bakhtiari is not really anywhere close to returning, and then on Thursday, Matt Lafleur kind of. Um, it seemed like he kind of got just a little bit fed up with the questions from the reporters about Bakhtiari, which, you know, I, I I'll defend those questions. I think that they well, should be legitimate that, questions. People want to know. Yeah, I, Absolutely. They're, they're legitimate questions. It, I can understand also him being a little frustrated by them uh, just because he's probably been hearing them since camp opened up quite honestly. Exactly. So exactly. I, I could see both sides of the story. Reporters have to do their job. That's, Definitely mm-hmm. not an out of bounds kind of a question, but I can understand no. Matt Lafleur being like, "Oh, enough already!" You know. Well, well, he he, he finally kind of said, "Look, I'm you know, you can ask it any way you want. I I really can't tell you anything other than he's day to day. I really hope he can come back at some point this season, uh, but we have to do what's best by him and and man monitor this uh, injury long term." And, uh, you know, it is worth noticing or noting that the ACL tear was 10 and a half months ago. Yeah. And the timeline on an ACL tear is 10 to 12 months. So should you be concerned? I I don't think you should be concerned, <sighs> except that it's so, so late in the season already. That I, no question. We were really premature when we were talking about, well, could he be back by like week three or something? Yeah. No question. That was really premature. But. You know, I, I, I don't know that he's going to be playing even 
uh, right after the buy. You know, you, you might be looking at really late December, January, <coughs> if, if they decide to act, you know, go ahead and play him at all this year, because there is the question too of, you know, maybe he's fully healthy, but it, it, is he ready to be in an NFL game here uh, when he hasn't played all year? Or, you know, maybe just at this point in the season, continuing to roll with Elton Jenkins is actually going to get you the best left tackle play for this season just because Bakhtiari hasn't been able to play at all. And yeah. Isn't in the, so, so how much rust is there? What's the risk to his health long term? Uh, and, and then how do you get the best offensive line play this year? Uh, you know, if Bakhtiari, you know, is 80% of David Bakhtiari and moving Jenkins to left guard or right tackle or center or wherever else, you know, they could put him anywhere, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, does that give you your best chance to win? And, and I think, you know, th- that becomes an even bigger question come playoff time when it's winner go home. <sighs> Uh, I just saw Greg Joseph, the Vikings kicker, was able to practice on Thursday. So we might not be as lucky as all that. And, and Greg Joseph has been uh, playing quite well since the Vikings by. <clears throat> I mentioned that the Vikings have had a ton of really close games. You know, they had an overtime loss to the Bengals, which we absolutely could have had. Yeah. Uh, they lost to the Cardinals by one point. They did have a comfortable 13 point win over the Seahawks. I, I, you know, I, I saw that coming because it really felt like a revenge game because I really think the Vikings should have beaten the Seahawks the last year. Yep. And there was some funny ref ball going on there. So I was not surprised when they beat the Seahawks. Uh, they lost seven to 14 to the Browns. They had a very narrow win over the over the Lions for whatever that's yeah, worth. Yeah, well, not much. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. You are one of 10 teams that have uh, won, uh, beaten or tied with the Lions this year. Hey, look, the Lions will not go 0-17. That's, that's the big news. <laughs> the Vikings did have a close win over the Panthers in overtime. They lost to the Cowboys kind of during that stretch where the Cowboys were not playing their best football. Right. But then they played the Ravens really close and uh, honestly should have won that game. Yeah, that was another overtime game. That's three overtime games this season so far. But then this past week, they went out and just absolutely uh, blew the doors off of the Chargers, who are a good football by seven points. They did, but it, you know, it was it was a dominant performance. Yeah, I felt okay. I, I felt that they were in control of the game for most of the day. They were. I, I agree with that. Uh, All I'm saying is that they are playing the Packers at a very opportune time because of how many injuries the Packers have, and because there are some genuine questions about. Um, about the Packers offense and the Vikings have a very, very good special teams unit. I think it is not out of the question at all to just maybe bake into our prediction. Uh, I'll, I'll just do it. I mean, here, here's my, here's my bold prediction for this game. The Vikings get at least one, maybe two turnovers on special teams. 
Well, if it's two, the Packers are in trouble. That I <laughs> that I could tell you right now. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean that that look saying that the Packers will lose a special teams battle is almost a given right now this year. Unfortunately, <laughs> not just this year, but but this year at least. And well, and 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 by the way, by the way, to everybody who might be thinking to yourself, well, special teams didn't look that bad last week against the Seahawks. We told you the Seahawks and the Packers have the number one and two worst special teams units in the league. And we still so did miss impressed a field about, too. <laughs> yes. So if you're at all impressed by what they did against the Seahawks, you know, I, I, I don't know what to tell you because uh, there, there's tougher battles than that coming down the pipes than, than the second worst. Team. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it's one of those things where you say, Hey, we didn't turn the ball over on special teams and we only missed one field goal. Yeah, that's what a, a banner. That's day. a low bar, man. That's a low bar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's look at the Vikings roster beyond just their kicker because they're looking decent on both sides of the ball. Uh, no question. The worst part of of their roster is the offensive line. It's just bad. So Brian O'Neill is by far the best uh, offensive lineman they have. And the issue is that he uh, did miss a day of practice, and I uh, was reading a blog post from a Vikings reporter that uh, Brian O'Neill maybe is going to miss some time. And the issue, the really big issue, is that the guy behind him on the depth chart, uh, Rashad Hill, is not good, not good at all. And the rest of the offensive line is not playing well. Christian Darrisaw, I would say, uh, their their rookie left tackle is doing a, a fine job as a rookie for a rookie. Yeah. Um, yep. Ezra Cleveland is bad. Garrett Bradbury, <laughs> quite bad. The only thing Garrett Bradbury is good at is run blocking. His pass blocking grade is horrible. Right. It's a 36. Big day for Kenny Clark. We say that every week. Uh, yeah. I noted that in my article already previewing the game. <laughs> so yes. Uh, and then their, their right guard Udo is also quite bad as a pass blocker. The, you, if you're going to get pressure, it's going to come on the interior. No question about that. Their uh, tight end, Tyler Conklin, is a mediocre but not horrible uh, blocker. Better pass so, receiver, though. He is. He is. But we're, we're talking about the, the blocking. The, 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 the point is uh, he can be lending assistance to the tackles. Right. The interior... All three of those guys suck at pass blocking um, and their center is the worst at pass blocking. Kenny Clark should absolutely be affecting this game all day. Now, yeah. And, and that's big. The, the flip side of that is this, in spite of the fact that they are not grading out well as pass blockers, they have only allowed Kirk Cousins to be sacked 12 times in nine games. So there's pressure coming, but they're not getting sacks. So, you, you, you know, the Packers are going to be, uh, we don't know what Rashawn Gary's going to have coming off the edge, playing with the hyperextended elbow and probably with right. a brace. Uh, Preston Smith has also been playing through some injuries. There's no depth now uh, coming off the edge. Now that uh, Merciless is gone for the season, that has to be a concern there so Kenny Clark better get some pressure coming from the inside and maybe 
the Packers are going to need a little something more from someone like Kingsley Kiki, uh, who again, got to keep him healthy. He's still dealing with the concussion and was only a limited participant in practice on Wednesday. Yeah, the, the Vikings, um, the one thing they, they do really well um, is pass the ball. Dalvin Cook is having a, a poor year. The offensive line as a whole are slightly better at run blocking than pass blocking, but they're not good at run blocking. And Cook has just not had a lot of success in addition to uh, some injury issues. Right, he's missed a couple of games. He has, and in the games he has been playing, he has not looked like himself at all. Uh, but their their passing grade or passing game, I should say, is just crazy. Justin Jefferson is their wide receiver one. He's playing out of his mind. Uh, Adam Thielen is still Adam Thielen. Uh, but you have you got some other talented guys there as well. KJ Osborne is a guy who doesn't consistently produce. But whenever they go up against a team whose corners can take Jefferson out of the game, Osborne just explodes. Yeah, he finds kinda, a way. Yeah. He really does. He he benefits so much from the spotlight being on Jefferson. He's a guy that you can really count on uh, out of the slot. And uh, Tyler Conklin as well, uh, playing pretty, pretty well and definitely the best um, – tight end play that uh, Minnesota has had in a little bit. The, the other guy that they have is Chris Herndon, who's been just terrible since coming over from the Jets. Uh, I mean, borderline, not a threat. I, I would almost say you could leave him um, uncovered and, and not worry about well, it I wouldn't much. go that far, but yeah, no, he's not a game changer. Let's put it that way. Hey, we left Travis Kelsey uncovered, and, and the Chiefs still were not able to score yeah. more than 13 points. Look, Herndon has three catches for 23 yards this season in, in nine games. I think that tells you all you need to know about how big of a threat he is or is not in the passing game. Looking at the defense, the defensive line is getting home. In fact, they, I think they tie uh, the league for the number one, most sacks on the season. And I don't know how, because it's pretty much all uh, DJ Wonham and Everson Griffin. I don't know that anybody saw, saw that coming. Well, that, well, uh, the, you have to remember that Hunter is out for the season, but he had six sacks in right. seven games when he was healthy. So, uh, you know, missing him takes that, you know, that threat down a little bit. It does, but those other two guys are still performing. Absolutely. Everson Griffin, Everson Griffin, I, I've got to be honest, I thought that he was washed. I thought he was uh, basically, you know, going to be out of the league here. And he looks like a five-year younger version of himself. He's just blooming. And then you got uh, Tomlinson as well, uh, really shoring up the middle of that defensive line, doing a good job. And you know who else is stepping up is Armand Watts. Mm -hmm. He's been playing quite well as a pass rusher. His run defense kind of sucks, but when you're playing next to Dalvin Tomlinson, that's okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so their their front four, the only guy who's not, you know, you you would say is not uh, really impressive is DJ Wonham, but he's still getting home. That that front four is able to get the pressure they need. So behind them. The linebackers are doing a decent job. Uh, Alex Barr hasn't really been playing. 
but um, Eric Kendricks having a, another phenomenal year. Yep. He is the second best linebacker in coverage. I'll, I'll let you guess who the the first best linebacker in coverage is. Uh, Devondre Campbell. Naturally. Yes. And then uh, Blake Lynch is also playing quite well. The linebackers are doing a good enough job. They can cover the middle of the field without a lot of help, which is good because for the second year in a row, the Vikings have uh, maybe even more than two years in a row. The Vikings have really suspect uh, cornerbacks Bashad Breland that need, need a lot of help from the safeties. Yep. Yep. Old former Packer and former chief Rashad Breland not having a good year. He also has been limited uh, in practice. And of course, you got Cam Dantzler, who Vikings fans really, really love. Uh, and he's a really good run defender. But as far as, you know, being a good coverage cornerback, not so much. No, but you know who has been pretty good as a, as the nickel uh, corner is Mackenzie Alexander. He has done a pretty good job overall. Oh, that's true. That's true. And um, also Xavier Woods, yeah. uh, not to be confused with former Viking uh, Xavier Rhodes. Uh, Xavier Woods, the former Cowboy, is currently the 10th best safety in football, according to PFF. He's doing he's doing quite a good job. And it seems like he has really been covering up for a lot of issues that uh, the rest of the Vikings defense um, has been experiencing. You really have, like I said, you have three safeties that you can keep out there. You got Woods, Smith, and rookie Cam Bynum. Right. Those three guys together uh, do a heck of a job. And then you got the, you know, your front four is, is really locking things down. Sheldon Richardson is the other guy I forgot to mention on the defensive line. Mm. I, He's not having a great year, but he's, you know, uh, better than a Tyler Lancaster. Um, you know, he's about like a, I don't even want to say Kingsley Kiki, but he's he's about like an average Dean Lowry. How's that? Maybe All not right. a 2021 Dean Lowry, but an <clears throat> average Dean Lowry. There you go. That's Sheldon Richardson for you. Yep. Bashad Breland, no doubt, is the guy that you want to pick on on defense. The other guy, even, <laughs> if he plays. That's true. But yes, that's true. If they put him out there, there's also Nick Vigil, linebacker. Um, he has been out there next to Kendricks uh, when Barr is not in on the field. Right. And uh, he's been a bit of a liability. Um, I'm not sure why they don't play more Blake Lynch, but it seems like they are playing more Vigil. Mm -hmm. And I don't get it because Vigil, I don't think, is very good. Yeah, well, he hasn't been grading out all that well. No question about that. Look, there are enough. You got this defense is still solid, and you've got enough names out there. But there are areas where you can exploit them. I mean, the safeties, as you mentioned, very good. We all know Harrison Smith, uh, Xavier Woods playing well. But the corners, you can you can get some uh, you know picking on them, and their run defense really has been poor this season. I mean, they are uh, toward the bottom of the league. In, in run defense, they are presently allowing uh, a pretty, I mean, they're like 28th in the league in yards allowed uh, per game with 130 and a half yards per game. So you can run on these guys. And to me, I want to see A.J. Dillon just pounding that football and running it right down the Vikings' throats. All right. Well, we got to talk about injuries then, since since we're talking about uh, specific people 
here with AJ Dillon, you know, Aaron Jones is not going to be out there. Right. Uh, running back number two is Patrick Taylor, who uh, you'll recall I liked a lot, and he ended up on the practice squad for the Packers. We have two other running backs, uh, and they did bring in Carryon Johnson for a workout. Been keeping an eye out to see if they sign him uh, before this podcast finishes recording. <laughs> I would kind of like Carryon Johnson to be the third running back, sure. but, but we'll see. He's He's bounced around to a few different teams already this year. I think he's already, if he comes here, I think we would be his fourth team in 2021. Wow. Uh, we got Ra- uh, Raquel Armstead is on the pat, uh, the practice squad. And then also Kareth White. Um, if you know either of those guys, then point for you. <laughs> I was, I was familiar with Armstead, but not White. Okay. But the pa- here, here's the big thing. The Packers injury report is, is so long at this point, if you wanted to get it tattooed on your body, you would really would have to go for the leg. You'd have to be a basketball point. player, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So he, here are the guys who did not participate. David Bakhtiari. We already talked about him. Aaron Jones, obviously he's got an MCL sprain. Uh, and then Mercedes Lewis is on veteran rest. And that's, that's kind of where you can stop breathing easy. Right. Alan Lazard has a shoulder injury. He could not practice. Uh, Devonte Adams was held out on Wednesday, but did practice. He was limited on Thursday, also with a shoulder injury. Malik Taylor has an abdominal injury. Not sure what that is, but you'll recall last year. Um, what did they call Alan Lazard's abdominal core injury? Muscle. That he had? He, the core muscle injury. Yeah. That's right. And he was out for like six weeks. Right. Um, you know, Malik Taylor's like our, our fifth wide receiver, but uh, you can't lose him, especially with how many other guys we're losing. Aaron Rodgers has not practiced since November 1st. Uh, he is dealing with a toe injury that he says is COVID related. COVID toe is actually a thing. <laughs> is it really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It, it is. That, that, that's a, a real symptom. Um, uh, I, I forget what happens to your toe. Wow. Um, here, okay. I'll just look it up. COVID toe. It's, it's a thing. Um, I hadn't thought about it in a long time because that was uh, when COVID like first started, that was one of the symptoms that that we were hearing about and it just hasn't been talked about a lot. Right. Okay. So it says the skin on one or more of your toes or fingers may swell up and get bright red, then gradually turn purple. The skin can get swollen. Brownish purple spots may appear. Uh, it's possible to have blisters, itching, pain, raised, painful bumps, or areas of rough skin. Uh, like and you fun. also actually, I'm not going to read the rest of the symptoms cause they're kind of gross, but COVID toe is a thing. Okay. So okay. sounds like that's what he has going on. Wow. <laughs> Although the, the, the team obviously is not going to comment on that, but he did comment on, on Pat McAfee. Right. All right. Let's keep going with this really long injury report. Rashawn Gary limited with obviously an elbow injury. Ooh, which we uh, he, he practiced on Thursday with a big elbow brace and LaFleur said that he might play this week and he might play without an elbow brace, which is just remarkable. And the dude is a, I mean, his body is absurd. Oh yeah. No, he, he's in great shape. I mean, he is, he is. Yeah. And he works at it. I give him all the credit in the world. Kingsley Kiki still um, really not practicing much. He was limited on Thursday, still in concussion protocol. 
you know, and obviously the injury here is that he's had several concussions already. Right. And he was talking in the off season about um, how bad the concussions he got last year were. So, you know, re-injuring the brain again, again, this year, you got to be really careful with that. I think the team is being, I wouldn't even say it's overly cautious. I think it's quite justified to be absolutely because here's the thing you're, you're at this point with how many concussions he's had and how serious they are. There is a possibility that if you rush him back, it might be the end of his career and he might have uh, side effects for the rest of his life. With, so, yeah, you got to You got it with everything we now know about mm-hmm. the long-term effects of concussions. You got to be conservative when dealing with a, a guy like Kiki who has been through, uh, you know, as many concussions as he's been through and you just don't want any long-term risks to his health. Right. I, I don't think we're going to see Kiki yet for at least another week, maybe two uh, Kevin King popped up on the injury report. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Why don't and they just leave him there? You know, I mean, no, off- no offense to him. I just, like the way he's just played the permanently, weeks, but he's always just on permanently it. put groin on yeah. there. He always has a groin injury and that's what he has again this, this time groin and shoulder. Right. Um, but by the way, Kevin King has been playing at such an absurdly high level. He's been very good when he's been healthy since he came back from the last injury. He's played extremely well. And yeah, and he, he actually credit for that. Absolutely. Well, it, it's it's better than that. So Dara Carragher on Twitter is a uh, phenomenal dude. Uh, somebody I've known for quite a while. He found th- uh, this stat. Kevin King, since week five, is PFF's highest graded cornerback in the NFL. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. And then uh, per Eli Berkovitz on also on Twitter. On the season, King is the ninth highest quarter, uh, graded cornerback on the season. Um, you know, the people have been saying for a long time when he's healthy, he's really good, and I've I, I have questioned that a bit, but he's he's playing uh, really good football this year. Uh, without Jair, yes, our cornerback room has been fine. <laughs> Kevin King, Eric Stokes. Chandon Sullivan and Rasul Douglas have really stepped up, and I don't think any any of us uh, expected that. No, they have exceeded expectations in a big way. You know, you look at the quality of the players we have on defense, I think a a performance like what we're getting out of them this year is more in line with what we should have been expecting all along from them. I I think that's fair, but I think you also have to give credit to Joe Barry. And I know a lot of of people... You know, they looked at his numbers, and look, I I looked at the numbers, too, after they hired him, and he was with Washington for two years, and they were in the bottom five of the league in yards allowed and points allowed, and he was with Detroit. Now, Detroit didn't have – they had even less talent than Washington did, but his defenses consistently ended up being in the bottom five statistically in the league, and yet, you know, now that he's got some talent to work with, the way this defense has been playing, and it just seems to be getting better week in and week out, and that's without your top cover corner, without your top edge rusher. What Kenny Clark missed a couple of games. Kingsley Kiki's missed a bunch of games. Uh, Preston Smith missed a game. It, it, it hasn't been easy, and yet this team finds ways to get it done. So I, I have to give him a heck of a lot of credit. After the season is over, we should uh, we should go back and and find some of the things we said about him 
uh, before the season and also uh, after uh, the week one Saints fiasco. I know that I know that uh, I've been pretty proud of of, uh, the way my comments on the week one game have aged where I just said, everybody just calm down. It's week one. But uh, but I think that have to be that have to be a week when we're not going so far over on time as we are today. We have, a, <laughs> have to finish this injury report. Darnell Savage limited with an ankle injury. MVS so like basically all of our receivers. MVS hip injury limited. Full participants you had Dominique Daphne, EQ, and Stokes. That's the whole list. The Vikings have just four players limited on the injury report. Nobody was unable to practice. So it'd be Anthony Barr, Rashad Breland, uh, linebacker Ryan Connolly, and guard Wyatt Davis were all limited. They are significantly healthier than we are at the moment, although they are missing Daniel Hunter. But right. hey, we're missing Zedarius Smith, so yeah. it all evens out in my mind. All right. We have to take a look real quick before we wrap up at our key matchups. Uh, I'm going to go first. My biggest matchup here is going to be um Kirk Cousins against both uh the defensive backs and the uh strong safety Kirk Cousins um not a good runner that's kind of one of the knocks on him right um but his passing grade he he is uh one of the very best passers this season he's playing at quite a high level cousins absolutely has the ability. Um, he's, he's grading out slightly higher than Kyler Murray as a passer. Uh, Kyler Murray is the second best passer in the league. According to PFF, Kirk cousins is the number one best passer this year. We were able to shut down uh, Kyler Murray. I'm not super worried that we can't do it to cousins as well, especially given that Dalvin cook is having such a down year you would think maybe we don't need to respect the run game as much as we needed to last year when cook was playing much better and we didn't really have a run defense. And obviously cook went on to beat us heartily by uh, putting up four touchdowns. I don't see that happening again this year, but there is a concern to me that maybe because of what happened last year, the Packers defense is going to really try and tee off to stop Dalvin cook and then um, not prepare as well for Kirk Cousins. So that's my matchup to keep an eye on. Uh, what's yours? Uh, for me, the matchup that I am going to keep an eye on is the Packers offensive line opening up holes for the running game against the Vikings defensive line. If the Packers can run the ball consistently – And they should be able to do that in this game, assuming that Matt LaFleur doesn't go away from the run too quickly, which he sometimes does, and it always comes back to bite him in the rear end. Uh, If if they can pound the ball against the Vikings, I think that they win this football game. Definitely want to dominate uh, time of possession as usual. Um, The... I'm excited to see Patrick Taylor come in and spell AJ Dillon because I think Patrick Taylor is a really good uh, runner. Good receiver out of but, the backfield too. Well, that, you know, that's true of like all of our running backs at this point. Yeah. Uh, Dylan here, here's my big concern. Yes. I'm concerned that LaFleur is going to get away from the run game too much. I'm also a little bit concerned that maybe the coaches on the whole 
don't have enough faith in in the depth running backs like Patrick Taylor. And therefore, you know, when when Dylan needs a breather, they just won't run the ball at all. Mm -hmm. That is a little bit of a fear that I have because we have seen some of that before from this coaching staff. So that is something I'm concerned about. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing is this, you know, you, you, you talked about uh, Dalvin cook and no, he's not having the year he had a year ago or two years ago. He's still averaging 4.7 yards a carry. And you say what you want about the guy. He has had some monster games against the Packers and I am concerned about shutting him down. Very valid, very valid. And I think, I think there's certainly something to, uh, you know, uh, things from the past and, and uh, weird matchups. Dalvin Cook, I think, has a lot of confidence coming into this game yes. that, hey, I know what I did to them last year. Uh, I think that, you know, the, the, the fact that the Packers had had success shutting him down previously uh, that same year and, and in, in the year before, didn't really seem to uh, you know, do anything positively for them the last time these two teams played. And I think that the momentum is on Cook's side to where I, I think I, I just think that uh, as a running back, some of that confidence and just determination and belief that you are better goes a long way. Absolutely. Confidence is a big thing. Uh, and the fact that this is in Minnesota, I think helps as well for, for Dalvin cook, you know, so that's a, actually one more good point. It being in Minnesota, which is a really loud environment. Uh, Adam Stenovich kind of brushed off some of the concerns about the Packers offensive line performance against Kansas city saying, well, you know, it was really loud and they couldn't hear anything. <laughs> and I thought they played really well, despite not being able to hear very well. Uh, it's not going to be much quieter at, at Minnesota this week. So nope. be prepared. We'll see. Be prepared. We'll see. But Hey, for what it's worth, you know, we were calling for Royce Newman to be benched. Uh, he was the highest graded offensive player last week. He, he stepped it up big time last week. So he played well, kudos to him. Let's see if we can get this, this season turned around. His performance last week was already enough to bring his, his overall grade on the season up from horrific to just um, not very good. So, you know, trending in the right direction <laughs> overall. What, what, what's your, what is your fear factor about this game? Uh, how, how concerned do you think um, we, we and, and fans in general should be about a possible upset here? Do you think that it's um, a, a, a bigger risk than the last a uh, few weeks where we faced these really elite quarterbacks? Yes, I do. Uh, it's a road game. It's a division game. It's a must game for the Vikings because if the Packers win this game, I think the division is all but clinched. If the Vikings win this game, they can at least say we are in this fight for the next couple of weeks. And uh, honestly, I think the Vikings are a team that is better than their record, but they haven't learned yeah. how to win yet. And uh, they find ways with whether it's penalties or uh, untimely turnovers, they find ways to lose games, but they need this game and, and the Packers are banged up. So yeah, I'm concerned there's, this has trap game written all over it in my mind. All right. Score predictions, Mr. Martin. Uh, I get to go you first. You do get actually. to go first this week. Yes. 
All I right, have mine written down, though. I, it, it's right here on the pad in front of me. It's written down. So if you take mine, you got to give me an extra minute to, to scramble around. But go ahead. 21-17. Packers win. It. All right. Well, neither one of us is going to make a lot of ground up either way. I have Packers 23-17 over the Vikings. So uh, I'm right with you. Uh, Man, that's interesting because I, I I was really close to saying twenty three twenty one, and then I just thought about the fact that the, our offense has been a bit sluggish and the defense has been so locked down. So I just bumped my numbers down slightly, but we almost had the exact same score. The Vikings are only a half game out from being in the playoffs yeah. at the moment. If they win, then they uh, move up to projected wild card. So you know that's a thing. That's a thing. I I will say. So my score prediction, uh, what did I say? 21-17. That is a bigger gap than my confidence in our ability to win this game. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm a little bit more at like 52, 53% sure we win this game. I hear you. Uh, Definitely have some concerns, but I'm, I'm, uh, I think that the, the Packers have enough things in their favor here with the grit and makeup of the team and their track record against uh, against tough opponents this year. I think they have enough that they, they this could end up being a blowout in the Packers favor. That's possible uh, given the talent that they have and what they have done against some other teams. Um, I, my biggest concern is just that, you know, it is a division game, which is always weird. The Vikings beat us last time we played, and we have so many injuries at a time when the Vikings are relatively healthy. That, to me, is is just giving me my concern. But uh, we'll see. Yeah. No, I look, I think we can and should win this game, but it won't be easy. I'll put it that way. Alrighty, folks, that does it for today. We'll be right back here next week. Follow us on Twitter at Gil Packers and at JJ Leahy to stay up to date on all things Packers or to ask us questions. You can also text us at 231-714-4195 with your questions for the show. Make sure you're subscribed to Packers Talk on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to PackersTalk.com for powering our show, and thank you for listening. Until next time, go Pack Go! Go Pack Go! You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. Packers Talk. Not